Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett. And rotation continues on under pressure, just as in real life. He's missed a couple of games, but he's straight back in with a bang. It's our most recent signing from the Times. It's Hamza Kalik Lunat. Evening, Hamza. Hey, good evening. Uh, yeah, I, I need a, a quick sort of uh, time on the sidelines to top up, refresh, but now I'm back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, although you might be disappointed with your performance on the, on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. And we have one half of the sports science dynamic duo. Sai, still not well. Get well soon, Sai. He's fighting off something particularly nasty. But fingers crossed he'll be back after Christmas. But we do have the best possible stand-in. He's, it's a professor of data, data science at Middlesex University. It's Dr. Phil Barter. Uh, how are we doing, boys? We good? I've been better, mate. I, I'm going to be honest. A bit of a. I'm very disappointed after yesterday. Really, really yeah, down. I get that. I get that. As we all are, right? But you know. Yeah, but on the other hand, um, Christmas is coming up, so um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And your kids are at the golden age, aren't they? I, I dare say. They are. Just on trips this week. No, this we've year? done. We did it. Well, you know, we did it on towns at the weekend, so that was that was <laughs> Santa Santa themed. But um, yes, they are. Um, <laughs> On cloud nine, ten, eleven, twelve, climbing from the ceilings, that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, good Excellent. fun though. Good fun. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the it is the, it's the the golden age of parenthood. Definitely when they're at that age, mate. Definitely. Exactly. I'm I'm soaking it up. Soaking it up. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, we are here. We're not here to talk about family Christmases. Although maybe it might be better listening. We are here to talk about a draw and a loss. Um, wow, about a long time since we had a double header with a draw and a loss. But we are going to start with the. Uh, match at Union Saint Gilois in the final group game of the Europa League. Um, so we're not going to dwell too long on this game because it's pretty hard to analyse a game with so many changes. Um, I guess the most important thing, apart from this, um, all we can really talk about is, is is the lineups. It's like so. The thing we yeah. talked about on the pod last week came. You said Kwanzaa would play yeah. full match against um, Union mm-hmm. and. Um, and then we had the we had Canate and Joe split in half the match each. Yeah, you know, so we did gamble. Okay, you know, we got through it though, didn't we? Just about. Just about. I think he's, this is probably the best we could have hoped for, given availability of players and uh, without getting embarrassed, if that makes sense. I think yeah. if you'd gone any weaker, there could have been a. Yeah, I think this could have been anything. Um, but yeah. I think he went with Kwanzaa, who is what fifth, fourth choice now, a senior centre half next to him, and then we had youth in the, in the fullbacks, yeah. both of them. Right. We talked with I asked Roti, didn't I, about uh, yeah. when, when 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 could we see Bradley and Chambers, and, and this was the game they both played. They both played. Your midfield was probably where we went um, stronger than maybe. Well, it was us. the Europe. It was the Europa League midfield. We pretty much played the whole yeah. group stage with one noticeable switch. <sighs> yeah. Which we can come on to, but yeah, Grab wasn't in this one. It was CJ, Endo, and Harvey. And then your front three was was good to see Cade back out for an hour. I think it was. Yeah. Um, on, Dirk on was the on the left. Wing. Yeah, Dirk yeah. was on the left, which is probably favours him more. To be honest with you, um, played on the right, and down the middle Gap-go. was Gabgo. So I think it's yeah. I, I apart from our. Uh, not preference is wrong. I think I think the data actually backs up our view. But yeah. CJ playing in this game for me, I wouldn't have done. Um, but everything else, I think, is is what you would have wanted in a dead rubber game, right? Yeah, yeah. Four teenagers plus Elliot plus you know yeah. you know so. And I thought they had to, you know Bradley. I I thought I actually had quite a few good moments. To be fair, I know defensively, all right, fair enough. But I thought on the ball, he took responsibility at times and did all right. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Yeah, um, Hamza, um, thoughts on the um, thoughts on the selection? Uh, well, uh, pleased that Jones got minutes, but also a bit displeased that Jones got minutes in the Europa League. Uh, I think we, we discussed this before. Mm. Uh, he's he, he shown his value in particular in the second half of last season when he came in, uh, and he showed an ability to help set rhythm in the team, fill in, uh, yeah. and help make the box more complete. Uh, under and. and he was a major uh, catalyst at the, yeah, end, uh, the back end uh, of last season. What, what he is as well, and, and Simon has explained this before, but uh, he sort of developed as a sort of flair number 10 and really sort of reined in those instincts. Yeah. Um, and he, he shows, in a, uh, because of that, he, he's shown a sort of um, a malleable, sort of, tactical malleability and understanding of the game that's really quite impressive. And he knows when to turn it on and when not to. Having that, that player that, isn't playing at 100 miles an hour all the time uh, uh, and understands when to cover, when to just slow the game down, when to play short passes, when to play backwards passes as well in order to draw the opponents 
a bit forward uh, and open up spaces vertically uh, is important uh, and usually actually quite valuable against a low block, which I guess we'll come on to later. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm glad that you got minutes, but uh, I think just, just given the performance level that we saw last season uh, in the, and I saw at the under 21 euros where he was excellent and he showed, he showed a level of maturity that was above the level of almost all the other players there the only ones that sort of stood out were him Anthony Gordon Jacob Ramsey uh, as having that sort of level of, uh, of understanding of, of feeling a match and, and knowing when to accelerate playing when to slow down and how to move and uh, and manage the, the speed of the game Um yeah, uh, that, that, that's it. My only real sort of observation. I, I, was, I was working that night as well, so I just had to watch the, the match quite, quite briefly. But don't have too much to say about it. Yeah, I know we're not going to dwell on the match. It's very hard to analyse a game with so many. I mean, it's basically, a team that's never played together in a dead rubber. So we're not going to spend any real time on no. that. Um, just on the, the match stats, we still managed, even with a team that never played together before, we still managed sixty-eight percent possession away from home. Um. There was um, we are outshot though fifteen to four <clears throat> by Union uh, and six shots on target to three, and then the expected goals was a two point three for Union and just point three for us. Um, so yeah, a, a big, a comprehensive defeat. Probably should have been two nil on the scoreboard, and we got a two one. Um, thanks to um, did you see the very nice goal from Jarrell Kwanzaa though? Um, Guys, it was um, yeah, it was a yeah. pretty pretty handy finish. To be fair, it was. But we've seen that in his brief cameos that he does have good technical ability, right? So yeah. it it wasn't a it was a great finish. It really was. But it equally, it wasn't a surprise to me. It wasn't like Gomez had did that, and I'd have been like, "Whoa, hang on, where's Gomez pulled that from?" You know. But um, yeah. Konza generally has shown good technical ability. So yeah, it, it's good to see he put put that away after. I have to say, I thought the first goal was offside. Um, I know Kwanzaa could have done better with the defending, but I, I did think it was uh, a, a borderline call, should we say. So it was good to see him go basically up the other end and, and correct his, his error at that time and bring it, bring the score level. So Yeah. Um, it was... Um... It, it, there was a lot of there was we we looked quite vulnerable, especially in in the fullbacks behind the young fullbacks. Um, Kelleher um, had some good moments as well. Made a really good save. Was really unlucky with the second goal mm. as well. Um, but yeah, um, most important thing I, I guess from this match was because it was a dead rubber. We didn't have any new injuries on the back of it. Got, got we played the game out. Um, <clears throat> people got minutes. And we got on the plane with no injuries. Although saying that, Ben Doak is now out, whether it was directly because yeah. of this match, who knows, but or afterwards, but he's out with he's gonna he's gonna require surgery, whether it with size seems to think it's a minor surgery maybe needed. Yeah, it's to, meniscus. Is it meniscus? Did I read yeah. that right? Yeah, it's just I mean I've, I've had three meniscus, so Sai everyone who's played football, you would have you, it's just a washout. Um it's not a if it I can't imagine it'd be that that um, Invasive? No, it's just keyhole. Yeah, in you go. See clean, what, it see, clean it up. See where the tear is, and, and go from there. Yeah. So hopefully it's not too bad. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not good for the kid, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not. No. I don't want to because he wants to sit. He wants to play. He wants to train. He wants to develop. He's at that golden time, but it's not end of the world. It shouldn't be end of the world. Touch wood. Jeez, you know. Yeah. So um, we we did ask Sai for 
Um, if he was on the, the party, he wasn't feeling well enough to make it. But we did ask him for um, his injury updates, um, for which he would have gone through in more depth. But uh, Andy Robertson planned to be back training uh, after Christmas, so next week, um, and potentially even the week after uh, for games, New Year, for mm-hmm. Andy Robbo. Um, obviously, all he's got to do is, with the nature of his injury, is, is build up his physical fitness again. Yep. Um <clears throat> Uh, Gra- Grav is not injured, no hamstring pull. It was a, more of a precaution, correct, um, Butts? Yeah, it's just DOMS. Well, DOMS? Yeah, uh, delayed onset muscle soreness. So it's just a bit of, yeah. If, if you went to the gym tomorrow, Darth, and mm. you did a session really hard, and you probably wake up the next day feeling yeah. like your muscles are sore, and that, that's that's what yeah. DOMS is. Yeah. And apparently that's what Grav Grab off to be taken off for. And he thought it was an injury, but it wasn't. He thought it was an injury, but it was just soreness. So he, if it's just Dom's, he might be, he might be back sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, Jota potentially by the winter break, which I believe is the second week in Jan. Is that right? Yeah, is that? the FA Cup? It's after the FA Cup, isn't it? So that'll be after Arsenal away. Is that right? Yeah. or have we got Newcastle before the break? It's Newcastle at home, then it's the FA Cup, and then I think it's the break. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's Jota, it's Jota yeah. by the winter break, and the really um, optimistic one potentially is McAllister back for the Arsenal game, but we shall see. Obviously, we shall see on that. Um, um, Pep Linders wasn't very forthcoming about that today, but you know. Who knows? We right. could be. We shall see. We'll see if he's available for the Arsenal game or whether he's waiting till Burnley. Um, after Christmas. Um, the other thing I just wanted to talk about quickly um, to wrap up the Europa League is obviously that that draw. Um, so uh, I don't know if you boys saw anything about the draw the, the, for following the Champions League. Hamza, did you have, did you have to follow the Champions League for and the Europa draws for for, your, for work purposes? Oh uh, yeah, actually, uh, yesterday we we tried to do a piece on how interesting they were, and obviously the the least interesting, <laughs> like. Pictures I've ever seen. I think the most interesting one probably is Atletico Inter, uh, and and this comes after a really boring group stage as well. As in terms of how the teams are dispersed, well, it felt like they were seeded. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. Maybe it's a good. Maybe it's a good thing that we are changing the format next year. Must give that a to, just for the the interest levels may be changed by variety. Mm, well, uh, the, the, I, I'm not a fan of, of the the increased fixtures. Well, one thing that Liverpool will. Uh, this, I, think I don't even know where they're going to be played this in, week. The schedule, in the calendar. <laughs> uh, so, uh, of course, so the, the, the Champions League is expanding, but also from 2025, the Club World Cup is expanding too. So FIFA announced the day before. So we, we're talking on Tuesday, and I think it was the on Sunday they announced the uh, the new expanded Club World Cup, which will run in the summer in the USA uh, over 29 days. And Liverpool don't qualify for this uh, because even though UEFA, the UEFA qualif- uh, coefficient is high enough, uh, FIFA di- agreed on rules uh, which uh, which said that um, if you've won the Champions League in the past four years and you automatically qualify, uh, and each country, so each league, uh, has a maximum of two teams that can, well, unless Arsenal win this year, but uh, they, they have two teams, so... Uh, Man City and Chelsea are the two teams that qualify. So for now, Liverpool will avoid that, and Manchester City and, and Chelsea will have, will have a tournament that's a and bit longer in 2025. But um, that, yeah, that enhanced tournament is it going to be every four years, uh, or every year? 
You can't be Let every year, surely. Check. Uh, it, it might be every year because I think is it's that... to replace the Club World Cup, which which yeah, does run it... every year. Oh, wow, uh, I think it's every year, yeah. Bloody Nora. Otherwise, there'd be no point in replacing them. Oh, right. The, okay. the, one, that, the one which the City yeah. are currently playing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but in, the, in terms of the Europa, um, the four four British teams top the group into the into the into the last sixteen straight in. That's us, Brighton, West Ham, and Rangers. And the other group winners were uh, Atalanta, uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Xabi um, uh, Alonso's team, probably one of the strongest teams in the tournament, one of the favourites, I guess. Mm-hmm. Phil, yeah, definitely. Yeah, with are us, they yeah. still unbeaten in Germany? I think they are. Aren't they? I think they are. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're going really well. They're well, still, playing really well. Yeah. Um, and then Slavia Prague and Villarreal, and then so they, we, th- that goes into March, and then the the draw was made for the um, the playoff rounds, yeah, yeah ways, which yeah. is like the teams who finish second in the Europa League groups, and then the teams who finish third in the Champions League groups. Mm-hmm. Um, some interesting ties there, especially Feyenoord against Roma. That looks a bit juicy, um, but yeah, some you know you might get teams like Milan, um, Sporting, Benfica. Um and uh, Shakhtar into into the um into the Europa League, but um, based on the teams that have gone through automatically, but I mean the one the, I think the standout is Bayer Leverkusen, right? Even yeah, over West Ham and Brighton. I think he, I, I never, I'm I'm a bit old school. I don't really like playing English sides in Europe. I have to say, no. I'm not a big fan of that. But I mean, obviously, you know, West Ham and Brighton, there'd be there would be hard opposition, right? Because they're Premier League, but um. Then Leverkusen would be would be a tough tie for me. Um, I think, but we're still. I think we're favourites. I generally do. I think we're, we're one of the best sides in the competition. We haven't played well, but we haven't needed to. Yeah, we've just got out of the group and won the group and moved on to the next round. Um, and you, you see where it takes us. Uh, Leverkusen are unbeaten. They are yeah. four points clear. Um, there you go. In with Bayern, I've got a game in hand. Who are the but, side that can't play at home in Europe? Is that? Is it Marseille? Didn't they get banned? Or anyway, producer, producer guy will put us right on that. Yeah, I swear I've heard that. So one of them would mean reduced travel, if that makes sense, because right. you play at a neutral venue. Okay. Um, I thought it was Bucharest. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, guy can correct us. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So there's there's something to look forward there in the new year. Um. And the most important thing is, well, obviously, we always said is that we avoided that playoff round by being in, by being yeah. the group winners. Um, so that brings us on to the all important, um, the important Man United selections, Hamza, because we go in to, you know, Arsenal win, Aston Villa win, and Man City draw on the Saturday. And everybody is just sensing a huge opportunity here with City dropping points again. And Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. 
from our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and on that side, uh, uh, Kanate and Van Dijk, uh, back in, obviously from the rotated team, Trenton fullback, Simicast, so full strength, uh, well, as far as possible, because Robertson's out, uh, from the back five. Uh, Soberslai, Endo, Grav, so that, uh, to, well, because McAllister's out, you're sort of expecting uh, <clears throat> Endo to play as a deep holding midfielder, uh, and Grav comes in again, sort of, sort of teed up because he didn't play in midweek. Yeah. Um, and then front three of Diaz, Nunez, Salah, um, which, uh, yeah, well, there's, there's a few things going on there. Uh, I think, we, again, we've discussed, well, you guys have discussed over the past few weeks and months about how, well, ever since Diaz came and uh, Diaz likes to come in field and I think that it, even though he does like to come in field in this match it felt like that may have been sort of um, exaggerated or maybe even been a tactical instruction to really sort of overload uh, the midfield uh, for him to really move in field uh, a lot and um, another thing I remember that I was watching a Enzo Maresca the um, Leicester coach did a, a yes. video talking about um, inverted fullbacks and uh, mm. playing against uh, defensive teams and one of the things I watched it earlier today and it's on YouTube so anyone who's listening can watch it as well uh, he, he mentioned that um, if you're if you're struggling to break through the lines often one thing that you may want uh, if uh, to sort of deal with uh, a very compact and condensed middle uh, is your you number nine to drop and that's something that Nunez has started to do and improve on this season but uh, I think this game in particular just showed well that the difference between him and Firmino in terms of link up play and supporting yeah. midfield in it those moments uh, to yeah. drag players out and create space for teammates. So, just, just, just on this one, um, Hamza, because you know my my old school tactics education a lot less, a lot more unsophisticated than yours was that the, one of the reasons why you invert your fullbacks is so you, your centre forward doesn't have to drop in; he can play as the focal point, he can play as the nine. So, what is the what is the thinking there between inverting and dropping in the nine? into, into uh, so, a deeper position. Yeah, so the idea is um, you, 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 your fullbacks come inside. Let's say both of them come inside uh, and mm-hmm. the, move, the move up. Uh, so you're occupying the midfield spaces, but often uh, it so ideally what happens is if you're playing against a 4-3-3, when you have your players invert, you, you then create a four-on-three in midfield. You have that. Yeah. When, with the box, you, you have yeah. that four. Uh, but... If an, uh, if an opponent plays with like a four four two, for example, and they 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 use the front two to to drop off and and don't engage uh, the team in possession, their their defensive line, which will usually be a three if it's a three box three, uh, then it's a bit harder to sort of uh, create that overload because those two central players are matching up with the double pivot of the box, uh, and then two of the midfielders in the midfield three can go man to man. So the idea here is that you bring that number nine back in. Uh, to create a five on four, 
uh, or even force him to go man to man. If the remember the, that third centre midfielder in the four, four three three. Yeah. Uh, so if you do that, the man to man, which is ideal because uh, you can drag them around quite well. And if you're superior in one on one matchups, which you'd hope to be with players like um, Soboslai, uh, who can dribble and and he's, he's quite strong and he can take take on players. And Nunez, mm. if, if he goes man to man, you'd expect him to win those those duels or even if that happens and they send a centre back to follow uh Nunez in field, then obviously then there's just one centre back in the back four left and the full backs are matched up man to man with the wingers. So that's the idea. So it, you meant to have the 4v3, but they've stopped you having the 4v3, so you create a 5v4. Uh, so, uh, that, so I'm, all, I'm, all for the, uh, I'm all for understanding the midfield overloads. So in this scenario, um, who provides the width when you're trying it's, to create that overload in midfield? Who, who, what are the onuses on which roles in the team to provide the width? It's still the wingers, but this is something that... like um, to, So that so would, would be Diaz and Salah? Yeah, but this is something that uh, a lot of teams that play this the, the three-box are also getting to terms with because they play the wingers that are opposite foot dominant so uh, a left footed wing on the right side and a right footed wing on the left side uh, so the, I mean there's a, there's a few games that you can point to where, where this has happened not just for Liverpool but other teams that play with a, a three box three uh, Arsenal have struggled a bit this season although they've actually come into their own really mm. well at, in the past six matches uh, Manchester sit in the in the, in the Villa match but some of those issues were actually to do with having um Centre backs moving infield and not having enough progression, uh, but yeah, uh, the, the idea is that you 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 wingers stay wide, or if, if they come in, then you you centre mid swap out with them uh, with with a right footed player like Soboslai, That's ideal. And again, the the point is that it, these players can't move wide; they have to start wide uh, for a few reasons. Uh, one of those reasons is if you're receiving the ball. As you're moving wide, you're going away from goal. So if you're running, that's not ideal because you're taking the ball away from goal. If if you're a winger and you're carrying it, ideally you want to be taking it into the box at pace and taking opponents on. Um, uh, and and it's harder to receive as well Let's, because we just mentioned like Salah is a left-footed player on the right side. Uh, if he wants to receive it, uh, he definitely does not want that to receive it um, to take it onto his right foot as he's moving wide. So the the idea is that if you're on on the right side, at least you're pushing in with that. Uh, so yeah, um, uh, some of these things are to do with the system, and some of these things are to do with the profiles that fit the system. Uh, but that still doesn't explain why Liverpool couldn't have been better. Uh, and I think Sobosly as well. He, he he does like to come. He's natural number ten, so he likes to play in field a lot. Mm. Um, maybe having a player that's a bit more sort of. Um, open to, to, to just running uh, the wide channel. Uh, Henderson used to do it a bit. He wouldn't overlap too much, but um, just mm. having that option a bit does it does make the opposition left back sure uh, think about uh, going a bit wide and it, it, increasing that space between him and the left centre-back. So there's a few things going on. Um, but yeah, it, what the main problem here was, uh, and I think we'll get into it, was was execution more than anything. Yeah. Um, but... Um... You're a, you're also a tactics uh, tactics freak as well. So what um, what did you make of um, what Hamza said, and what do you want to do? You want to build on that? No, no, I, I'm obviously going to agree with Hamza, but I think it's it's interesting how we're sort of evolving what we're trying to do. Uh, I'm not sure it's helping us, to be fair. Um, 
I think Hamza's last point there about, I think a lot of problems in this game was execution. I think the number of times we overhit balls into the final third, 10 at 30 box, normally we're very good just rolling in and a player will make a run on them to cross first time, but we're just overhitting that a lot. But what I did notice in this game, and it shows up on the average position, is Trent is a lot wider in this game. He's showing up as average position on the ball wide. Um, which is something we haven't seen for a long while. Um, I just thought uh, I get the overload of midfield, I really do, and that works well. But I just think some. I'm not sure. Same as last week, actually. I'm not sure we're picking the right moment to do that because it, if you're going to play like United came in and sat in, yeah, it's mm. pretty well established. We know one of the fundamental ways you do that is switching the ball and creating, making the pitch big. And we just seem to not be doing that at the right time. Um, and I, I also, Diaz and, and Grav again are showing up on average position in the same place. And that's happened yeah. for two games in a row now. So, although yeah. we're not, the spacing, we seem to have the right players maybe. So we've got this overload going on, but the spacing in those players to get the system to work isn't right. Now, some of that is syncing up and they're saying they're building on grab, they're integrating. Um, whether you should be doing that against United or not is is is, is something to discuss. But I, I just, a lot of the issues I think we're having is the timing is not quite right. We're not synced in. So a lot of our, you know, our quick player will fizz a ball in from deep into front man. It'll pop off to another player. Then one touch pass, one touch pass, and then rolled in behind for a chance. That kind of move is breaking down at the high point. It's not in our defensive uh, zone. It's is it breaking down in the final third because the sink isn't quite there, or the run, the run, third man run hasn't happened at, in the right time. So it looks like a rubbish ball. So it goes yeah. into nothing. It's just, and these will come. But when you're like your context piece of City drop points, you're top yeah. of the league. You yeah. play an Arsenal next. Yeah, for me. This is why I would have played CJ because you know what you're going to get. He knows the system better than anyone else, and you would have got a performance out of him. Well, you always took not a variable. Yeah, two seasons ago, um, we we spent a long time in that season talking about roles. We talked yeah. about the role you need. You need the blend of roles in the midfield three. You need a blend of roles at the, the moment in the front three. Yeah. And Jones has got. Um, He's ve- he's extremely good at recycling. He's the best. He's yeah. even better than McAllister. He's got ninety two point two percent pass completion in the Premier League this year. Yeah, so he is fifth amongst all centre midfielders, believe it or not, in the Premier League this season for for pass completion. So yeah. only the two two lads at Brighton, Belaba and Billy Gilmore, uh, plus Rodri and Kovacic at City. Yeah. So basically, the deepest midfielders in in in, in for the, those two teams, um, and Jorginho. Uh, at Arsenal, um, who's got lowish minutes. Only those players have got a better ball retention than Jones. And Jones yeah. plays more advanced than those those lot as well. Exactly. He's um, whereas for me, so, it, yeah, go on. And if you haven't got McAllister and you've got Endo, who, you know, he pass ball retention is not one of his greatest things. He's not bad, but he's not exactly good either. No. Um so you haven't you're not replacing that, you're losing that in in the team. And the other thing I think about in the balls is that can Grav and um, Dom want to kind of want to do the same things? I was going to say one's the understudy for the other, right? Or in my yeah. mind, the Gravy's to me the understudy for Dom's role. 
Yeah. And Curtis is the understudy to Mac or Tiago yeah. if, you, if you ever want to play him. But I'm just saying that that's where you get a nice compliment in midfield. But at the moment, you're quite you're rightly saying we're, we're playing two dribblers. Yeah. And then in in attack, you always need that balance between a scorer, a creator and a link player. Yeah. And we can't really have that either. No. We get yeah. in theory. We've got in theory. You've got the the, the score there with the output, um, everything except the goals, which is Nunes. But w- which role do you think Diaz? When Diaz plays with Nunes, it puts so much pressure on Salah to be the to the link and the creation, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think Mo's the, the become the creative hub, isn't he? That that's kind of what he's done. His run of assists was quite phenomenal for this season. Still is. Um, so you need the link. I think so, I was chatting to someone in, in Discord about Jota and why I felt he's a big miss. He is rubbish in build, but when he's in the final third, he does yeah. link play quite well. And he's yeah. also, he knows exactly when to go into a space to pick up a chance to score. Yeah. There's, a, there's a couple of things bobbing around in late in the second half here where Diaz goes into the space too early and the chance goes. Whereas if he just holds position, the ball will come to him and the chance will come, will be a better chance. And that's the kind of thing that Jota... Like the one where Onana uh, spoons out the for a throw in and Mo takes yeah. the quick throw in, Jota scores that in my answer because he doesn't rush into the space. He doesn't get yeah. the ball attracted. He's there, right? I know what I'm going to do. The ball's going to come across here, and I'll just finish that. And, and that's just the incident where I think Diaz is struggling at the moment to link play. Therefore, he's going back to probably what he's always done as a player, which is ball centric, trying to score. That's that's his first instinct. That's what he'd gone back to. Whereas he had moved into more of a trying to be a bit more linky, trying to link in with the patterns of play. Like Hamza said, coming in and creating the overlap. So he was trying to do that, but it just, yeah, I, I feel for him. And I mean, he's, he's clearly going through some things, but he just seems to revert it back to a lot of the behaviours that we'd started to um, iron out of him. Should we say? So he was becoming more of a systems player. Um, he just seems to have regressed a little bit. And that's really showing up that for all of Jota's faults, his ability for me to link in the final third is yeah. crucial at the moment. We haven't got it. So I said at the start of the season, he said every de- every decision Jota makes is team first. He he is not, he, he never makes he never makes an individual decision. No. And if um, you've got if you look at eleven at the weekend, right, <laughs> and I'm not knocking players, right? They're all amazing, love them. But yeah. if you've got three of your starting eleven yeah, that are not quite thinking team first, you're going to struggle. Yeah. And if two of those are in the same unit, <laughs> right, you're yeah. going to really struggle. Right? And, then, and the three of them are actually effectively a triangle if you take the yeah. attacking and triangle. If you look the at the zones <laughs> of where they are, they're all roughly in the same place, you know. So it's it sort of becomes a bit of a problem. And then you've got Mo. Funny enough, United left him alone for a lot of this game, but we still didn't get the ball out to him a lot. So it was a real, (laughs) there was a lot of issues in this game. But as Hamza said, there was still, if we just, a final ball here and there would have been slightly better. You know, if we just bundled in one of the set pieces chances we had, you'd have nicked it 1-0. You know, it's just, it's one of those, unfortunately. There's a lot of things wrong with this game. Don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting there going, wow, it's amazing. But we could have quite easily walked away with a 1-0. Yeah, absolutely. We'll come on to the stats in a minute. Yeah. Um, Hamza, um, 
you often in the media have to cover both sides and talk about narratives as well as actual analysis and stuff. Um, your thoughts on the United selection and their approach to this match? Uh, I thought their approach was pretty sort of one-dimensional. Uh, they, they, there are a few interesting selections. I thought Kobe uh, Mainu was was one, and he's played in a few matches this season. I think he impressed in preseason as well, and he seems like a good young player. Uh, I'm always uh, careful with young players not to sort of like oversell them. But uh, he, he shows an ability to receive and play under pressure. There's one particular nice pass that he picked out uh, to Garnacho. Uh, I think the issue there was, though, uh, on the left side, I'm just trying to remember correctly. Um, I think Grav lost him and he was, uh, he was, he was in the space behind him so grab me forward and I think Gomez tried to move out and I think uh, the referee was sort of in the way of the players on the ball before they played it into um, yeah. mainly uh, so that, that was just a bit of looseness and slackness in uh, in Liverpool's <laughs> out of possession work there at that particular but yeah he, 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 do you think uh, do you think if play. do you think if um, <clears throat> Ten Hag hadn't been under so much pressure and they, they hadn't just recently just gone out of the Champions League finishing bottom the group. Do you think he would have been so negative as this? Uh, I don't think so. Some of it is uh, injury force as well. There's Bruno Fernandez. Well, he's not. In, he's not injured, but he uh, he was suspended. Mm. Uh, I think some of it was also forced by the result last year, uh, and yeah. it being Liverpool uh, as in the biggest rivals, mm. uh, and seeing the team getting battered like that. I mean, there's there's sort of feeling before the match that uh, if sort of United got away with like a 3-1 or something that would have been a sort of success because they didn't get dismantled as yeah. as it did last season yeah. um but yeah i i think so yeah so because of the, the the two consecutive defeats to bournemouth and bayern munich the the limp nature of those defeats uh the four selection things uh, such as fernandes being out and uh, uh rasha being out for a while uh, and a few other center backs at, uh, that they've been missing, um, such as Lissandro who's been out for a while and Maguire who's been out recently. Yeah. All sort of coloured that. Uh, yeah. And yeah. So I think if, if he had, if Ten Hag had better attacking options, he might have been a bit more sort of, um, willing to attack. But having seen the squad that he had and the recent results and the performance last year, I think that's sort of pretty much determined how they're going to play. Yeah. You're being extremely nice to them considering how much money they have and how much they've spent on this team. You're being extremely nice. I mean, the, I, I don't know how much Oiling costs, but he hasn't demonstrated that that, that price tag. Well, and, I, yeah, he, and Anthony, I looked at his Anthony. shots for 90. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, there, there was a lot of um, acclaim for Anthony's performance as a defensive winger, which is, I mean, if you if you like defensive wingers, that's fine. But I didn't realise they came at... Um, 85 a, million. Premium, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm just going to grab up uh, Hoyland's stats because um, I remember looking the other day and his his shot volume is really poor. Um, here we go, uh, ninety. Uh, so yeah, he hasn't scored yet in the league. Nope. Um, but uh, he's taking one point eight four shots for ninety, yeah, and like ideally nice. a striker second. Double that. Dub- needs to double that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, of course he's still only twenty. Uh, I'm sure yeah. it'll improve, and he showed a. Good bit of movement, uh, and missed the best chance of the game. He did miss the best chance yeah. of the game. Yeah. Um, um, I, 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 one thing I will just touch on is, um, so he missed that big chance, and the, the, the key thing for, for top team if they want to win anything is how does it? How do, do your players deal with stress, and how do they play under stress? I mm. think 
uh, this match, Liverpool demonstrated uh, that they they've got some work to do on that front. When 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 they were stressed in that, I, I, I think they caused the first fifteen minutes of stress themselves. They, they pressed super hard and clearly wanted to score, and make an impression. Uh, because of that eagerness to to play forward and direct and really break and uh, break into United. Uh, I, I think they they showed this sort of lack of appreciation, not not quite the understanding that they needed for for this particular match. Yeah. Uh, and when they were chasing it late on, there were some really bad decisions, and and that doesn't yeah. speak well for how they perform under stress. But yeah. as in like, I remember the, the last time I uh, I ever really felt that Liverpool had sort of done something bad in that regard was when Liverpool lost to Leeds uh, at home and that was um, that's the only time I've seen the past few seasons where Liverpool in the final sort of five minutes went long and started launching it otherwise usually they show good sort of uh, appreciation of to keep playing the right way and uh, I, I think maybe that will just be something that they learn from this Yeah uh, yeah for sure I mean I think um, one of the things that I thought in terms of our stress was our, our decisions on when to shoot and when not to shoot I think it's always a it's always a mm-hmm. it's always a big indicator for me. Um, uh, just on the just to finish off on the United stuff, um, the um, I put the everybody has access to passing networks now because of um, the wonderful Mark Statsbot uh, on Twitter. But his passing network for Man United had every single player in the United half on the average position for the first seventy three minutes. Quite staggering, really. Yeah. Um, and the main takeaways for us is um, Bart's no linkages. From Nunes to anyone, yeah, and Rav and, and Diaz basically playing as a as a as, a, as an interior to eight slash ten, not a winger. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I mean, even if you took out most playing as the winger, but yeah, Rav most, most isn't. Rav, yeah, we have the left left width is provided by Costas, who's mm. uh, really low on the um, EVB or XT. So it, it shows you how how utilised he was. If you want. If you want to have one of your strikers coming inside creatively, one staying wide, it's the other way around. You want Salah more interior, and you want yep. Diaz wide. Definitely, hundred um, yeah. percent. It's actually worse when you cut it to just be attacking half. The right. the lack of linkage in the front three goes down. Even it's just Nunes. It just becomes this island, um, and Diaz is only linked once um, from the left from the right hand side. So it's a real. So when we got the ball into, I think that's what we we're kind of adhering to. When you get when we got into the final third, we did some quite good stuff to get in the final third. But our play in the final third and a little yeah. pass is just just was like there's so many white lines as well. Which for those on the on my past match shows low uh, pass pass completion. Yeah, it, it's it, it's it's really poor when you get in the final third. Um, for them, as you said, it, it's uh, I've never seen a United side that deep. Um, no. Just a bit on Hamza's point about um, stress, I thought it was really interesting because I've noted down in my notes that Nunes seemed to be very affected by the game. He was mm-hmm. like he got booked for a charge. Uh, was having to go to the referee very early on. I it was, just think yeah, it was a blatant yellow, though, wasn't it? It was. But I'm just saying to you that he seemed yeah. to have quelled that side of his game, and yet in this game, which is a really big game. It, it just sort of sparked. It was, he was just doing things that he hadn't done for a few games. And yeah. I was sort of like, mm, okay. Well, he had more offsides than shots, unfortunately. Which, Which is never, never a good ratio to have for a forward, right? So, <laughs> not for um, a centre forward, no. Not for a centre forward. No, it I mean, was um, not great. He 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 is so desperate for goal at this point. He just basically needs a goal off somebody's backside. He needs a shot going off somebody's backside because he is, a, he is really, he is 
regressing visibly, I think, in the last month. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he just needs to go back to, if he can, and this is easier said than done, but just remember the good stuff he was doing at the start yeah. of the season. Just remember the stuff that he was doing really well, interacting and cut out since Bournemouth, the Thunder, you know, the long distance strike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems to have gone back to that, cut inside, I'm going to hit this bend, this shot. Stop doing that. Just do the stuff that you really come on well. He's pressing him still all right in this game, to be fair. Yeah. Um, he's working well. But yeah, I know what you mean. He just needs to just go back to do the basics. Yeah. Do the basics. And it will come. So, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so in terms of um, in terms of the match summary, um, we actually had 68% uh, of the ball, um, which is quite crazy against Man United. Um, it was... On the XG, it was dominant, um, but it's superficial. It was 2.38 um, for us, 0.75 for them. On the uh, on the expected threat, um, the Mark Stats model has got it as 2.7 for us and 0.8 for Man United. Um, so we slightly had slightly more XT than, than, we, than we managed generating shots. But with 34 shots to six, but just the one big chance each, um, which is a, which is massive. Um, and we had 15 shots outside the box. Uh, yeah. So 15 shots outside the box, no goals. And um, Hamza, last time you were on, you, we, we talked a lot about outside the box shooting, didn't we? Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, uh, I think that works at 44%. Um, I think there was, uh, I think you've seen the 11th minute. There's an opportunity as Liverpool breaking transition. Uh, Salah moves wide and right and the sub is carrying it and uh, the pass is definitely on there and he takes a shot on. Uh, there are a lot of those instances in the match. Uh, and it, it's good to keep opponents on their toes and surprise them every now with a long shot. Yeah. But in this sort of match, you're needlessly turning over possession. You're doing good work to oh, get okay. into the final third and around the final fifth. Uh, and, and then you, uh, you're squandering that work and it's really about sort of patient probing and positioning. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that there was one chance I think that that was a good example of a of a, um, a shot from from distance. It was that Trent Alexander Arnold shot. Yeah, uh, that just went wide of the post. That was what nicely worked. I, I think if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we, Liverpool worked it from right to left or right to middle, uh, yeah. and because of that, the space opened up for that shot, and it was a clean shot on goal. Uh, if if you are going to shoot from distance, then uh, doing it that way is better. So rather than breaking through the middle and taking a shot. Uh, overloading one side and opening up space on the other. Uh, there's a few like, 
often teams will do that with with uh, short corners, as in they'll they'll um, they may have a dummy runner that runs across to open up space just on the edge of the box to allow a clean shot at goal. Yeah. You, you can run sequences like that in in possession, uh, in sustained possession phases, uh, but it didn't look like Liverpool were doing that in this match. Um, uh, do we have the average shot distance? I was just looking at... Um, For the match? Yeah, let me just grab it up. Bart's yeah. probably got it. No, I've got average you... cheaper shot, which is 0.06, which is yeah, terrible. shocking. Terrible. Do you know which team has got the most shots from outside the box in the Premier League this season? It must be Liverpool, right? It is. We've got yeah, 123. 123 shots. Do you know who? how many the net team in second have got? Uh, let's say around. So, how many, how many of that does that work out to per game? One hundred and twenty-three over uh, seven, seven point two per match at the moment. That's a lot. Uh, in which case, uh, eighty-five for second. Good yeah, guess. That's good guess. That. Ninety-four. It's Tottenham. Yeah. Tottenham got ninety-four. Tottenham. City ninety-two. Most of those are probably James Madison early in the season. Yeah. City ninety-two. Brighton eighty-seven. Everton eighty-seven. So we have taken. 29 more shots from outside the box than any other team. And we scored six. We scored the we scored the joint most in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Um from outside the box. Um and you think, okay, that's great. So we got an, we got we got more goals. So we've got six goals. Tottenham have only got four. Um, for example, Villa have got six as well. But the league average conversion rate for a shot outside the box last season was four point eight percent. And our conversion rate this season from shots out the side of the box is 4.8%. So we are, for all the shooting that we're doing, <clears throat> we're not converting those shots at more than a league average rate or anything like that, despite having shooters like Dom and and Trent and, and Mac, who people think are above average shooters from outside the box. But we aren't, as a team, we aren't converting anymore. We're converting exactly the league average rate but we're taking all these extra shots per game. Yeah. Which Does I, I that don't explain the, uh, the way you the said XT, it. Not it's just a turnover. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because you're in the places we're taking the shots are in prime XT boxes. So you get a really high value for being in there. But you're just not doing, rather than playing the ball into the next zone on, which mm. is the ball we kept mucking up. You're taking a shot. I think one of the most egregious ones was the Salah one where he shot from the D um, and didn't pass to Costas on the overload. I think that was first end of the first half, was it? Yeah. Well, yeah, there was a really shot, isn't it? I mean, yeah, no, it was, yeah, and Salah scuffed it from the D. To, you know, it was an easy shot, he didn't get much power into it. Costas was actually in, in it was an easy pass and he was unmarked. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, is over 10 shots on the right hand side? In the right-hand channel in this game, so and so with the D outside the box. No, no. So outside the box and in the box and in the eighteen-yard box down the right-hand channel, so the right half space, we had ten shots. Wow! Which is out of our thirty odd, and then you had the majority in the middle, and then you had three on the left half space channel. Yeah. So So right side dominant. Um, I mean, Gakpo had four and twenty-seven minutes. Uh, <laughs> Sobu only had one. Trent uh, and but yeah, yeah. So Canati had four shots apparently, so they're all going to be set plays. Um but, and Trent had four as well. So then and- we had three in the six yard box and didn't score. I mean, how often does that happen? Yeah. How many shots did we have some set plays in total? Uh, six. I'm just counting it now. Maybe 
I think it's six. You should go on the FP ref stuff. Yeah. But, but given we had eight corners in 28 minutes, yeah. I yeah. think the, the, the production from these set pieces was... Uh, that is what you're looking for in these matches, ideally, as in another yeah. goal from a set piece. Uh, well, Van Dijk scored a thumping header with this fixture about four years ago, didn't he, when we won the league? Mm. But you, you're looking at the XG we produced from corners is less than 0.5. The XG we produced from set, set pieces, non-corners, is less than 0.25. So our production isn't there. Do you know what I mean? If you got that that volume, you're creating it's not even 0.6 of XG. It's not great. No. And we actually I know they're 12... headers. I know they're headers. I get that. It's slightly different, but it's still not it's not amazing. Yeah, we actually had 12 shots from set plays, believe it or not, in the in the in the match in total. Um, including second phase and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. Um, one thing, um, and the best one was probably the um, the Van Dyke one, which she got good contact on, which showing straight at the keeper. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, um, but um, um, Raphael Varane, who's kind of been in the cold most of the season, I believe, um, mm-hmm. Hamza, yeah? Um, mm, that's right. In the doghouse. He came back in and he had 20 clearances, blocks, interceptions in this match, which is a phenomenal number. Yeah. Um, so it's Ben Mee-esque. <laughs> Yeah, do do who would have 20. thought to use a Champions League multiple Champions League winning defender like that? Um, yeah, Deja, it turned him into Dejan Lovren. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, the, 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 I think the issue for him is that um, even when he's signed, the, 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 what was quite obvious is his ability to play a season was was the issue. Yeah, uh, but yeah, a, a good centre back. Uh, he had, his, I think, uh, I remember reading that there was a sort of uh, fallout. Uh, with Ten Hag, but I think Ten Hag has consistently sort of uh, had this position where, if if you have a bit of a problem, that's fine. As long as you sort of apologise, and I, th- I think he sort of made made amends and it back into the team. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah. Um... So that's the um that's the that's the the match summary. Um so we've talked about the we talked about the patterns of play. Um actually I don't think I asked you, Hamza, on your thoughts on, on the Diaz role and the way it's been played. Given all you said and you said that about the execution um of the you know the game plan being okay in theory, but the execution was lacking. What do you think there's anything we could have done in game sooner? to tweak the execution and improve it? Um, uh, Could we have reacted faster than we did? 
I think if if you're a manager on the sidelines and you're watching on, uh, I think for the first two thirds of the, the, the actual, watching the play in the first two thirds of the pitch, you're pretty pleased. Yeah. Uh, the press is intense. The, the Liverpool are trying to move the ball forward quickly. Canate is quite good at moving the ball forwards as in he's, he's carrying it. Uh, Alexander Arnold is passing it forward, uh, getting into semi decent positions, uh, and then just bizarre decision making in the final third. I, I, and I think particularly around the box. Yeah. I think because of that, you, you're sort of reluctant to, to change too much because the, the structure is, is decent. The, the, the shots are coming. Uh, you, you're seeing, so even while, even though Diaz is, is coming in field a lot, um, it, it is putting a Dal on the back foot. He's coming in field. Costas is able to get on the, on the overlap as well. Um, Nunez is a little bit isolated, but you'd think, given the way Manchester United are playing, you're not going to have too much involvement from Nunez anyway. Uh, so, uh, just given the, the way that the sort of first 30, 40 minutes went, you may be looking at it as a manager and thinking, oh, a little bit of momentum is fading. But at the same time, this is probably what you wanted, just with better execution. I know I said that earlier, but uh, yeah, uh, I just trying to be a sort of as as a manager, as I would have seen it, uh, I don't think I would have looked to change too much. Uh, I think that the message would have been at halftime, for example, can you slow it a bit, slow it down a bit, yeah. take your time a bit more, uh, and a chance and a goal will come. Yeah, uh, more more than anything, rather <clears throat> than um, looking to change change a, 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 and tweak a, a few bits. Um, and Bart, same question to you, mate. Um, yeah, I I kind of understand where Hamza is coming from. And we had 25, 26% of our AP fee in the channel just outside their box, right? So yeah. the full width of the bit we created, that's the majority of our APV if you want, per channel boxes. So we get into the right places with just the execution. But I think also we weren't holding it long enough in those areas to yeah. then wait for... So that's me personally, that's where I think a CJ would have held possession in that higher area for longer and waited for the right pass. He also would have, I think he makes better third man runs. Um, so I think that's the change I would have liked to have seen earlier because I, think, I agree, we were getting it into the right areas, but that patience wasn't there and the right pass wasn't there. And that's what I would have changed out. I don't yeah. think making that change of 20 to go was good enough. I think you needed to give that we never ever lost that ability to get the ball up there throughout the whole game, really. Um, yeah. I think it just would have been good to maybe the last half an hour go, go on then. We'll really pen them in that, in that. And then equally with CJ right in the left, you would have kept them in both sides yeah. because they always had an out ball down their right, if you like. So it, it, you then turn the pressure from being a little wave and then we try and switch it, we lose it, they break, and we come back again really quickly. But you you would have kept possession in those areas just outside their box. And even with Varane playing amazingly well, um, you would might have eventually picked the better pass rather than forcing it. We got into a point, I think, we were forcing balls in, which, yes. were, which were heavy, <laughs> overweighted, and they were the right ball. It would just, we just got in there, we're like, right, we've got to play this, we've got to score, we've got to score. And that also comes back to that emotional bit about, this is United, we know we're going back to the top of the league, we're in this game. But we were in the right area. I just think, 
a player for me personally, CJ Early would have kept possession on the left-hand side, hmm. would have recycled better in that final third, and you might have seen that pressure increase. So I know, I know, I know that Brundish, when he's listening back to this, is screaming out uh, <laughs> the reason what he would be saying, which is width and yeah. switches, and he's, we made one wow. switch in the in the whole match. Yeah, I think um, that was Canate as well, wasn't it? I think <laughs> which is just staggering, really. Yeah, but um, for me, it it just looked so congested, and in the in to make things worse, we had the players maybe coming into these really congested situations who weren't well suited to being in those congested situations, but they're not that type of player. Yeah, with you know, if it, if it was McAllister and Jones, you know, that you know maybe that's better, but if it's if it's Grav and Diaz and, and, and Nunes, it's not it's not looking great, and then and and Dom had a poor game by his standards as well. He did. And then just to back up, you know, you, yeah. you were saying the worry for me is becoming a bit of a pattern. Opposition are letting Canate have the ball. Yeah. He yeah. has the most yeah. 10 plus connections with anyone else in the team for the yeah. second league game running. And that's just becoming a bit of a, he's got to do it. Basically, if he's got that much of the ball, he does all right, but he's got to do more with it. Yeah. Uh, and he and the other annoying thing I found that in this game, I don't know whether other us, but Van Dijk wasn't doing the switch. No, he'd just lay it into Canate. Yeah, and then Canate would switch it the other wing, and I'm, I was a bit like, "Why are you doing that?" He most free, just just yeah. switch it. To so let's so let's talk about the width on the left hand side because mm. Simicast was the one who was providing it, but who were who were his linkages with, other than Endo? You've got Endo is your strongest and Van Dijk. Uh He's got he's got one, nothing. One he's line got... to Diaz. That's it. So that's five passes to Diaz. Right. Nothing with Graven Birch. Nothing with Nunes. No, nothing with Graven Birch. Nothing with Nunes. Because I'm sure you said in previous weeks that he had um, um, pretty good links with CJ when he's on. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He hasn't got any links with the other the, the forwards ahead of him at all. No. So by, unless Endo found him, it would have to go back out to Van Dijk to then find him. Yeah. Um and then he would find the forward the pass would be from him into uh the, the player and then in the left half space, which was DS predominantly. But he hasn't yeah. got and, any, um, any links with Brad. And and who before we got injured, who's whose links were Grab and Birch is with? So Grab is linking with Mo and Endo. Okay. He's taking it off the six, which is okay. He's an eight, you know, yeah. and that's yeah, one of his main boos. But he's then missing out Nunes and picking it off Mo. And no, but no links between him and Diaz. No, no links. Or him and Nunes. Or him and Diaz. So you sort of, or non, none over fives, non, uh, non-sequential basically. They're not, not, not important. They're not mm. having one. Uh, the and other no worrying... No EPV either. No, no, for a grab, he's in a, a pale pink, which is really low EPV. It's going to be a hard red for us. Um, the other worrying thing, going back to that kind of type thing, he's got a white line straight into our six which shows you one of the key balls for him to progress play when he can't do a switch. He's into the six and the six can play into the eights. He's a low, that's his lowest uh, passing completion. So yeah. that's a bit of a concern. Uh, if, if that's going to be, if that's a, a occurring thing going on, Endo is well connected. I have to say, um, he's got a good, good, good passing completion amongst all of his, I think he's in the high eighties, this game. For passing yeah. Completion. Um, so Hamza, ticking over. Hamza, just bring you on that one. I did want to mention Endo quickly. I mean, um, he 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 seems to be a bit of a, a whipping boy amongst the fan base generally. Um, this is his ninth start in the last thirteen Liverpool matches. Um, how how do you think he do? You, do you see signs of him 
becoming a serviceable player for us or not? Um, I, I, well, I, th- I think if you ask, I think if you ask anyone, what's the sort of position that needs to be improved before the matter of injury, the, f- the first choice is a number six. Yeah, uh, I think that still remains true. Uh, I, I, I think he's he, he's a serviceable deputy, uh, but um, he's. His quality on the ball isn't quite there uh, in terms of progression. Of, of course, when you've got a midfield sort of group that that has Alexander Arnold, McAllister, Thiago, or Sobers like, then it's not too important. Uh, but in in matches against a, a deep block uh, like this one, uh, it, it, you want a bit more sort of um, thought to play in the start of the second half. Remember, the, uh, Liverpool started quite well. Sobers like actually went wide right in the first sequence after the kickoff. Uh, and then tried to cross in. Um, all got worked back, and then just the, not the best decision to just cross from a deep area. But again, mm. that was true. Most of the players uh, just the wrong sort of decision made. But yeah, Endo made the decision to to cross from sort of just on the edge of the the midfield final third. Uh, yeah, uh, that sort of on ball quality isn't quite there with him uh, mm. in terms of tackling volume and coverage. That's fine. But and we also discussed the body positioning thing. Um, he, there were times when he sort of tried to progress the ball as well. But, uh, he doesn't quite have that that Tiago sense for forcing a dangerous pass and losing possession to to regain it as in to counter press it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, um, and and I guess the main one, of course, is Trent because this is we are doing primarily we're doing all of this and we've we changed our transfer strategy and everything because of Trent now. I think it's is it fair to say that he was probably our best player in this match? Hundred percent from me. He's sixty he's passes. It, his passing completion was good. Progressive pass to sixteen. I, XT was point four highest in the team. I don't think you could ask him to do any more. Yeah, he almost scored and he the defended. Winner. He knew all of us scored the winner. I mean that curling <clears> pass <throat> that Hamza described was a, was a it was a fraction of the way from being 1-0. Hmm. He defended well as well, to be fair to him, got back. There was a, late, there was a break late time where he did really yeah. well, wasn't there? I'm just yeah. saying, I don't think you could ask him to do any more in this game. It's not his fault other people don't don't score. Yeah. He put the ball on Van Dyke's head in the six-yard box. <laughs> I mean, to, to be frank about it, I mean, that. what, what more do you want? Yeah. Did he do the, um, did he do the one where um, uh Led to the Canate swivel shot, like like a bit like the 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 Kwanzaa goal, and it just went straight at Anana. That was uh, that was the only moment I sort of got out of my seat really in the second half because I, I thought that was that, from Trent as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But his XT was strong in this game, right? Yeah, Trent? point four, point four, four. Yeah, I mean, really good, really good. Uh, EPB's high as well, shockingly, not not shockingly, but it just <clears throat> he is. I think he's probably got the system working well for him, right? Yeah, it's just unfortunately. The front players are, are doing some not great things, and we're, and we're making. I think, and I think it could be better. I think it could be better. It's just if the balance of the the roles was better in 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 yeah. in, in the front in the front six. I think the other thing with Endo, just to go back to that, I I thought he played really high in this game. Mm. The number of times he was ahead, like well ahead of Trent. Yeah. Um. And I I, I questioned why he was there because he's going to expose his limitations on the ball higher up the pitch he goes. Yeah. Whereas if he's just in between the six, the two centre-halves, 
You can do that all day. That that's fine. You can do that. And let Trent go and do that that higher thing. But I just there was a few instances like the cross that Hamza said. I'm like, well, my first question is, why are you in that position? Why 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 are you not holding the fort, which is predominantly what he's good at? Go and let someone else go and put the ball in, like Trent or oh, Dom. I just, it just I thought he took up some strange positions in this game, and I'm I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I couldn't understand why he was doing that in this game. I thought just just hold the back four close. I think and the flip side is though that if if for example Canate doesn't progress the ball particularly well, uh, and let's say Endo is playing deep, mm. then you'll have Alexander Arnold further forward and in midfield, but with uh, with only Van Dijk that can really access him. So uh, I think the flip side is that it's probably better to have Alexander Arnold in a deep position where he can pick out passes into Sobers uh, yeah. and even just use Endo to occupy uh, an opposition to the fielder. Uh, yeah. yeah. And just, just use that sort of standing as a dummy essentially, but to, to just draw, draw attention elsewhere. So you can actually have someone who can access the other players. Uh, what was his XA? Was it? Um, I think it was what? Trent four. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That's three matches in a row where he's going at point four. I thought what his best season ever, I think he, he went at point four for the season, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Just under, from expected assists. Yeah, just yeah. under probably, yeah. Slightly that's really high for that. That is expected assists. Um but you know, when you got you've got four players who were in the top ten in the Premier League, you know, Allison played well in this game, Trent played well in this game, Van Dyke played well. The only one who was a bit below par was was Salah. Um, you know, and he still and he still nearly did enough for win. I just think that the issue for me is that um it, it, this is this is this game was payback for getting the win against Fulham. And I know everybody else would have much rather had a draw against Fulham and a win in this match against Man United. But, you know, we used up all our screamers in the Fulham match, if that makes any yeah. sense. Because, you know, we scored two worldies and then Trent scores his winner in seventh minute of injury time from the edge of the box, yeah. um, you know, with a really good finish inside the post. But this game, we have 15 shots from outside the box, no goals. And then Trent's moment of near match winner goes two foot wide of the post and two foot further to the right of where it went last time against Fulham. Because he would have... The goalkeeper was beaten, wasn't he, Phil? Oh, he was beaten. That was going in bottom corner. Yeah, but yeah. it just trickled wide of the... Just dribbled wide just of the post. Bent, uh, just yeah. bent, bent too but, wide. But yeah. I, and I it, think it, you're right, though, Darth. I do. It, and actually, I think I said in the chat afterwards, it, it doesn't... I know we would have all loved to beat United. Please don't tell me that. This is going to sound bad, but it actually doesn't change anything. We still have to beat Arsenal next weekend. Yeah. Yeah, do, do you know what I mean? The context of everything, we still will get the result next weekend. Yeah, you could, you, and, and to be fair, we, I don't think you can say we deserve ten points out of twelve from no. the last four fixtures in the league. Certainly, got Palace. The, I mean, you talk yeah. about Fulham game. Geez, we yeah. rode our luck against Palace as well. To yeah. be frank, you know, yeah, that was probably a draw game. Yeah, the, the well. disappointing thing is, I think that Liverpool's form in the past six matches has dropped off in terms of. XT different, XA difference. While yeah. like, Arsenal's has just racked up. I think I, I did these some a few yeah. days ago, but I think Arsenal's XG, just XG, not XG difference in the past six matches. Non penalty has gone to two. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool's one point six, City one point six. In terms of XG difference, Arsenal at one point one. Uh, one one. Uh, Liverpool zero point eight eight. They shut out Brighton so well. I mean, yeah, the, 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 the I Brighton one was was insane because uh, I think Klopp admitted himself when you play Brighton you have a very specific tactical plan you'd be silly to press them mm. and, and Arsenal did press them and I think well 
right into this thing where they'll leave uh, a f- four players, their, their forward line up man-to-man as they're building out from the back. So if you're defending you and you're pressing, you'll leave your your four defenders against them because you don't want to leave a three on four at the back. Uh, but because you're pressing as well, you also commit your players forward. Uh, and what that means is there's usually like this massive space between uh, your forward line and your defensive line. Uh, your forward line obviously pressing around the box uh, and there's just loads of space there and that's usually what Brighton play into as they draw you out and play into it uh, and Declan Rice was sort of the only guy tasked with with covering that space and, yeah. and in the match he did he did really really well um, any sort of loose second balls he timed when to press well and then immediately shuffled it to Odegaard and because he was winning the ball and then giving it to Odegaard immediately Odegaard was involved around the box and his form over the past six matches also increased which isn't like a particularly good mm-hmm. omen uh, and uh, oh yeah, lastly the the rolling XT difference over the past ten matches. I think um, Arsenal one point one, Liverpool zero point eight seven, City zero point seven. So like semi positive signs for Liverpool in that over yeah. the past ten, it's ticked upwards. What's yeah. since the, since the international break um, on the understat model? We are ninth in attack. We have the ninth best attack. Yeah, which is that's very unlike us. And we only have the sixth best uh, non-expected goal difference as well. Do you know it's also? Have you seen Arsenal pretty much bang on XG and XGA? Yeah, like that—that's probably slightly more concerning. Is yeah, they literally—that is absolutely what they should be doing. Yeah. Whereas we are still running hot, we're still running hot. Yeah, yeah, but defensively anyway. Yeah, but you know that, that is that a lot of that is Allison. You know, in, in theory, sure. yeah, 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 absolutely. We're slightly cold on a set piece XG. I think we've got seven point one seven XG, but just five goals from it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if if anyone has noticed, but uh, there are a few teams in the league have quite sort of complex set piece corner routines. Yeah, yeah. I don't think mm. we've quite sort of nailed that down yet. No, we were definitely ahead of the curve a few years ago, but maybe, um, yeah, there's a port up. But then I, thought, I get what you're saying, Hamza, but look how many chances we had in this game mm. from set plays. Yeah. I mean, I'm not being. I'm, I'm, I they get just what weren't you're clear, saying. were they? They just weren't just, clear. Yeah, but Van Dijk puts a header in the six yard box at the keeper. Yeah, true. Right. Canate, one, another it. one, plums it straight over the body. You just got. Sometimes I get all of that. Yes, we could have better routines. But we had opportunities in this game, we just didn't execute them. You only need one of those headers to go slightly to the left or right of the keeper, and it's one nil. And they don't they don't recover. I mean, Nunes three yards out decides to head it across goal uh in the first two, what, five minutes, and then uh, Mo and um, Grab fight over who's gonna put the ball in the net and the keeper gives it up. I mean, when that doesn't normally happen, Nunes would no. normally go to goal. Did, did we only register one shot for that, the uh, the Salah one? Yeah, yeah. 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 So we talk about the subs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first ones are yeah. So on the hour, um, Grav and Dom come off in the tens mm. position, and Cody comes on with Gomez. So basically, Trent stays in midfield. Joe goes to right back, and we bring Cody on as a as a as an eight. Um, then on seventy eight minutes, um, the South American duke go off. Diaz and Nunes go off, and Elliot and Jones come on. And I don't know. Points you. But parts that that last twenty with Harvey and Jones and Salah's change of position, I thought was our probably our best period of the match. Yeah, I I thought we created 0.32 xg, which is the second highest in in that period in the game. 
uh, in terms of EPVXT, again, second highest period, but we converted it better. Our passing rate was slightly lower. But um, yeah, I thought that was that was a period. We had eight shots in that period of time, which is the highest period in the game. Um, two of them, uh, two, two on target. So three on target, sorry. So again, yeah, I thought that there were better decisions being made for us to get those opportunities. Um, that I said in the Palace game, he does this, he's starting to do this thing now. He brings Cody on the sub before he's taking Darwin off. <laughs> and I don't know. Shout. Can't, it, it just seems to do that every time now. Yeah. So I don't know why, because for me, I, I, I never really got that, uh, Cody as an eight, I have to say. Um, and then the other one, it, it, I, again, I think CJ should have been on, on, on first. CJ should have come on with Cody, maybe. But um, yeah, I'm not sure about the setup of it. Because Cody then played really, um, really deep um, for him. So I, I'm not sure he... When Cody comes on and does that, I'm not sure his role is what I'm trying to say. He comes on and it doesn't seem to max up with what his skill set is because he can't be the the false nine thing. He can't do the wide left thing because he's playing on the right. So he ends up being like a tall body in the middle and um, creating an overload. So, yeah, I'm not sure it helps us really. It just seems to be a prep to get him warmed up for then Darwin coming off. But, yeah. Yeah. It was our better best period, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And... um Hamza, any thoughts on the, the closing period of the match? 70% possession, nine shots to zero. Um, yeah, uh, uh, actually, I'm, I'm just watching back now. And there's, this, this, uh, there's this cross that Salah does in the 72nd minute um, to uh, to Nunez, and it doesn't quite work out. But the, the thing is, in the moment before, what happens is uh, Diaz comes inside, and he's pretty much next to Gakpo. Uh, so, so Diaz is sort of centre of the pitch, Gakpo's sort of centre right, and Nunez is centre left. All around the six yard, uh, all around the, the D, sorry, but just in the box. Um, but, um, well, they, uh, they don't quite coordinate properly. Uh, and, and this is, this sort of thing comes with, um, time and synergy together. So both Gakpo and, uh, and Diaz sort of target the, the sort of right side front post area. They haven't run that far, but it's around the edge of the box. So, so, so they're moving towards that bit. Uh, and Salah picks his head up, and he's he's deep on the on the right side. Uh, at this moment, um, Nunez also sort of makes a run through the middle. Uh, I, I think. That, that, um, meanwhile, Salah's looking at all this, and he sees two players pull right side, and thinks if 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 the opponents are going to follow that side, then the space is on the left. Uh, but Nunez doesn't quite read that, and he makes a a run. Uh, through the middle, uh, that sort of thing just requires a uh, a bit more sort of understanding between the players. That hopefully should just come with a bit more time. Uh, all three made independently quite intelligent runs, but as mm. a collective, it was a bad decision because they didn't understand how the other teammates were also running in conjunction with them. Um, yeah, uh, that, that as in it took a well, it didn't take long for. Coutinho, Firmino, and and uh, Amane to to build that relationship, but um, he it, 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 it plays a different. Uh, so yeah, uh, that, that that needs to be worked on. But uh, but in, in insofar as what what Bart said now, I, I agree. This was the uh, the, the best period uh, of the game, and just sort of lost the way in the, in, in extra time as well. Uh, yeah. Again, just trying to force it. Yeah, yeah. I just think um, like we're saying about Arsenal, I, I think if we we're going to have to play a lot better than this, aren't we? If we're going to get and result in the Arsenal game. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
and I know he's he's in a bit of form, and we've criticised him in the past in the midfield role. But um, talking about blends of players in the front three, would you like to see something like something tried? Uh, if if you know if, if the players are unavailable, that are such as Elliot in the front three or Jones in the front three. Bots, where would you stand? I, I want to see Jones, Jones in midfield. Jones in midfield. Uh, I, I genuinely think our best way to win this game is to get the roles right in midfield, as we've said. We've said the past three pods about that. CJ yeah. in the midfield. Endo's clearly going to play. Um, and Dom's going to play. Um, and the back four, I think, will be the back four. I, I personally, I, I, I'd i probably play Cody wide left, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, try Cody there in that role. Try Cody there in that role, because I just don't think... If he goes with the same 11 as he's done for the past two games, I have concerns. Mm. Um, the, um, they will because uh, Saka plays down that side doesn't he right hand side yeah so the ball out to Saka could be on the, Will um, Rice has been playing right side a little bit as well so so, so give give them something to think about with Nunes up, up top um, yeah, making sure I, he stays on side and then play Cody on the left Cody on the left and on the right that's what I would do and I would hope that they take some time to reflect um, and I also think the West Ham game midweek, I think he's got no choice but to play a very weak side because he's he's running out of players. Yeah. I think okay. like the, the Brentford match, uh, making sure that the team matches up physically is important as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Havertz has been, he, he's been playing recently, <clears throat> but he's quite tall. Uh, and Rice, of course, another addition. And sometimes I play Tommy Asu as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arsenal, that is. Uh, so uh, uh, on set pieces and physically. Uh, I think last season they were worse for aerial dual win rate. I'm just yeah. going to check what they are this season. Uh, but they've improved quite a bit. And, and that physicality, uh, they, they use it quite well. Uh, just getting headers around the box and stuff. Uh, I, I think in their match against Brentford, Saka played across to the back post where Havertz was and he got a header in there. But uh, yeah, just the, that physical profile combined with the point that you made about so, Elliot. Uh, yeah, I don't think Elliot would necessarily is suitable for the front three and in a match against uh, quite tall players uh, I don't think you want that matchup uh, with, with Elliot to, against uh, someone like Rice or Havertz because they'll, they'll try and target him on set pieces hmm. uh, especially if some, some of the other players aren't too big but uh, at least that, that lends some sort of um, some val- some more value to I was, just, uh, well, I was coming more from the um, uh, taking care of the ball perspective mm-hmm. with Elliot and Jones you know the, in terms of the balance of the roles mm-hmm. um, I just wonder if yeah okay um, but um, we will be back um, after Christmas. Um, for we, we've decided we're going to do a double head of Arsenal and Burnley, and we're going to be recording on the twenty seventh. And we may be doing a short under pressure extra later this week, specifically for the West Ham game. Um, but so I don't know if you're around for that. We, we'll have to see how the West Ham game goes. Say, yeah. but we, we may be back for that. Um, but if not, we will be back on the 27th and we do want to wish Sai all the best getting fully fit and ready for Christmas with the family and we want to listen, say I want to say Merry Christmas to Bart Merry Christmas to Hamza and Merry Christmas to everybody listening have a wonderful peaceful Christmas uh, with you and your loved ones until then up the fucking Reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. 
The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.